Hey y'all, welcome to episode 9 of the Roaring Out podcast. Today we are going to discuss, or rather I am going to discuss um, myth and the subconscious, which sounds really intimidating. And when I was writing out the title, I realized that, but um, I want to sort of break it down for you guys so it doesn't perhaps seem as intimidating or scary. Um, one of the things I want to do with this podcast, and I kind of mentioned it, I believe, in the last podcast about my NaNoWriMo work in progress, is that I just want to share parts of my journey, whether it be through writing, through art, through reading of other people's works. And because I read a lot and I read fairly widely, meaning I read a bunch of different types of writing, I get really excited and then want to share. And sometimes it seems what I read may sound very complex, but it's not. So today I wanted to sort of expand a bit on something I've been doing on my blog. On my blog, which is called Roaring Out, so it has the same title as this podcast, I have a series called Quotables, where I discuss quotes from famous people, usually famous writers. I've done quotes from Juno Diaz and uh, poet Philip Levine. And recently, uh, actually last night, as of the recording of this podcast, I read some of Carl Jung's book, Memories, Dreams, Reflections, and it got me thinking quite a bit. Now, I'll link to the Quotables series in my blog in the show notes, so you can have sort of a bit of an idea of what I've done with this in writing. But since I recently read some of this book, I got really excited and wanted to discuss in talking, uh, essentially. So I wanted to record a podcast episode where I take Quotables a step further and voice it and actually have a discussion. <clears throat> and I wanted to talk a bit about Jung and his ideas of, about the subconscious and about myth. Now, I have a couple of, um, not quotes, uh, links in the show notes about who Carl Jung is and about what the subconscious is, in case you're not sure. Carl Jung is one of the main philosopher, um, not philosophers, uh, psychiatrists, who really molded our ideas of modern psychiatry. I mean, next to Freud, he's probably the next biggest psychiatrist um, that people point back to. And our subconscious is simply, when we're awake, right, we have, we are conscious of what is going on. But there's also this idea of the subconscious, that there are other things happening in the background of our, you know, of our brains and things that are going on, almost like, when you're working on your computer, uh, for example, I have background backup of my files, meaning, you know, what I'm doing in the foreground, if I'm typing something, if I'm, you know, on the internet or on Facebook, on my laptop, there's always something going on in the background of my computer's processes that is backing up all of my work without me having to do any conscious saving of it. It's sort of a similar idea with our brains that, yes, we are doing things and are aware of doing things in our everyday lives, but there's also this theory that there's sort of this background backup or background processes that we're not aware of that are still going on and that affect our everyday lives, and that's called the subconscious. 
Now, I'm also fascinated with myth, and Jung talks a bit about this in his book. I'm particularly fascinated with Greek myths, uh, probably because I'm a writer and I like to embellish reality. Jung talks about myths and the fact that the subconscious is part of creating our own myths. He also talks about the difference between scientific facts, or the scientific and the subconscious, and essentially, he talks about the difference between the quantifiable, meaning what we can prove and measure, and also the unknowable. And I think that's a really interesting contrast. So the way this particular episode will work is I'm going to read two passages from the prologue of Jung's book. And after each, I'll talk about my feelings on what he's saying, maybe define a few terms that people may not know about. And I'm doing this in the hopes that the conversation will continue with you guys who are listening, reaching out. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Do you agree with what Jung is saying? Um, are there things that maybe I didn't point out that you'd like me to sort of tease out further or discuss with me? As I mentioned earlier, I see this as a sort of complement to the blog series. So without further ado, I will read the first passage from the prologue of Jung's book. And this again has to do with subconscious and myth. He says, My life is a story of the self-realization of the unconscious. Everything in the unconscious seeks outward manifestation. And the personality, too, desires to evolve out of its unconscious conditions and to experience itself as a whole. I cannot employ the language of science to trace this process of growth in myself, for I cannot experience myself as a scientific problem. What we are to our inward vision and what man appears to be subspecie eternitatis can only be expressed by way of myth. Myth is more individual and expresses life more precisely than does science. Science works with concepts of averages, which are far too general to do justice to the subjective variety of an individual life. Thus, it is that I have now undertaken in my 83rd year to tell my personal myth. I can only make direct statements, only tell stories. Whether or not the stories are true is not the problem. The only question is whether what I tell is my fable, my truth. I read this last night and I just thought it was absolutely fascinating because what Jung is doing here, I mean, he's a psych, he was rather a psychiatrist and psychiatry is in some ways seen as a science and seen in terms of what we can prove through what we can measure. And what Jung is dealing with here is a lot of sort of obfuscation, things that we can't prove, things that we can't know. And he's saying that it almost doesn't matter if it's true or not. It only matters that he's true to who he is and what his experience of ideas are. And I thought that was just fascinating. So to define just one term that he mentions, subspecie eternitatis, that's Latin for under the aspect of eternity. And it refers to that which is universally and eternally true rather than, again, what we can prove or measure. There are three specific 
items that I want to pick up out of what I just read. He says that everything in the unconscious seeks outward manifestation. And we talked earlier about the unconscious as the sort of backward or background backup, things that are happening in our mind or in our body without us really consciously knowing it. And he's saying that the unconscious seeks outward manifestation, which to me sounds kind of scary. This fact that things that are happening without my knowledge are seeking outward manifestation. And a lot of people think that that takes place through dreams. Now, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I'm wondering, right, what our dreams or what reactions we have that we don't necessarily understand whether that's our unconscious seeking manifestation or what, you know, what those things are really about. Next, I think he has a really beautiful line where he says, I cannot experience myself as a scientific problem. Now I have a lot of respect for science because I think really science is beautiful. And even though it is a very exact topic or exact field, I think it's really beautiful in what it can quantify and what it can know. And I think those are some of the building blocks to help us understand things that are hard to know. And yet Jung understands the fact that people are more than just what can be measured. A lot of what we do and see and experience as people can't be quantified. Um, Like love, for example, how do you quantify that? How do you even measure that? It's something that you feel and experience and you know to be true without measuring it. And so I think it's so beautiful that he says, I cannot experience myself as a scientific problem, that we can't measure ourselves. We can only measure our experiences through our stories. And, you know, as, as many of you probably know, when you tell a story or when you hear someone else tell a story, oftentimes when they tell it more than once, certain details will change. So that in and of itself is really interesting, right? It's these stories that become mythic and larger than life, depending on what details we can grasp from them. The last thing I want to point out is the fact that he says at the very end of the passage that I read, whether or not the stories are true is not the problem. The only question is whether what I tell is my fable, my truth. Now, our society today is, I think, so starved for truth and what is universally true, like what actually happened and just the facts, right? And yet, if you put people in a room and have them experience something, everyone will tell a different story because we all focus on different things. We all remember different things and prioritize remembering different things. And so I think it's so interesting and in some ways controversial that he's saying the only question is whether I tell my fable or my truth, meaning that truth is relative, right? Um, What he remembers may not be true to the experience in and of itself. And I think that's just so fascinating. And I, I love that idea that whether or not something is true in the sense of whether or not it actually happened almost doesn't matter. It only matters if 
a person, the person who is telling the story is true to themselves. And as a poet and a writer myself, this actually, <laughs> it comforted me. It made me feel better because oftentimes when I write my own stories um, of things that actually happen, my own nonfiction, if you will, a lot of times I wonder if what I'm saying is true to what is happening and yet what I write is always true to myself and how I experience something. And Jung is saying that that's really all that matters. Um, and the way I interpret that is we can't always get to what really truly happened. Our memories are very malleable and suggestible and imprintable. And the only question really, the only thing that can really matter is if we're true to how we experienced a certain um, experience, really. I know that's very meta. It's it's only how we experience a certain event. And if we're true to that, then we're true to what happened in our own minds. Now I want to move on to a different uh, passage in the book. Again, it's in the prologue, but it's at the very end. Jung says, Inner experiences also set their seal on the outward events that came on that came my way and assumed importance for me in youth or later on. I early arrived at the insight that when no answer comes from within to the problems and complexities of life, they ultimately mean very little. Outward circumstances are no substitute for inner experience. Therefore, my life has been singularly poor in outward happenings. I cannot tell much about them, for it would strike me as hollow and insubstantial. I can understand myself only in the light of inner happenings. It is these that make up the singularity of my life, and with these, my, autobi my autobiography deals. Now, here is where I don't agree with Young. He says that his life is poor in, he says his, his life is poor in outward happenings, and I cannot tell much about them, for it would strike me as hollow and insubstantial. Outward happenings, the way I'm thinking of it, is that which happens outside of us. So events that we go to, things that we experience with other people. And he's saying they're to recount them as insubstantial and hollow, and I can't get behind that. Some of my greatest memories are from outside events and with memories that I've shared with other people and in hearing their retellings, I feel like my experience of it has gotten richer. So I don't think it's insubstantial or hollow to tell what has happened outside of ourselves. Yet I'm also aware that what we experience as outward events can't help but be colored by what's going on inside us. We all have our own biases and perspectives. And I understand that, but I can't agree with outward happenings being hollow or insubstantial. Certainly some events might be insubstantial, but not all of them. I don't think it's fair to categorically say what happens outside of the self is doesn't count. But I do think Jung has a really beautiful line again when he says, I can understand myself only in the light of inner happenings, because I think he's really getting at the sense that everyone is biased and everyone has certain perspectives that they see all events through. And to say that no one has biases, I think to say that is to kid yourself. We all have biases. We all have different perspectives. 
And so to say that you can only understand yourself in light of inner happenings is, I think, to some extent true. I think that the environment shapes who we are to an extent and who we are just, you know, I don't even know how that's determined, right? Who we are generally um, from since we were born also obviously shapes ourselves. Um, so I think Jung does have something there, but I think he in some ways misses the mark. Um, I think our experiences are sort of a marriage of what happens to us from the outside world or what we experience in the outside world and also how we color those experiences in memory and in telling our own stories as well. So I hope this discussion has been enlightening or not even enlightening, just thought provoking. Um, as you can tell from these last, you know, 16, 17 minutes of podcast, it really got me thinking at, in different ways and about things I wouldn't normally parse out. So I hope it's gotten you thinking and I really hope to keep this conversation going. So if you want to reach out to me, feel free via my email address, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those links will be in the show notes. And if you like this podcast or even like this particular episode, I would be honored if you would give me a rating uh, on iTunes. And the link for that will be in the show notes as well. So thank you again so much for joining me for episode nine and my sort of musing on things philosophical and spiritual. I'll see you guys next week.